Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome to Podcast 215 for Maximize Your Influence. My name is Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back, Maximizers, as we talk about maximizing your success and your influence and getting that ability to persuade with power. It is Thanksgiving in the United States, so being with family and friends, I'm going to the best of section. How do you deal with rude, obnoxious, strange, weird, just mean people? If you go back to the archives, this is podcast 119 that I did with Steve Olson. He's my partner. We've done some podcasts together. Remember, if you want to go to Influence University, you get access to all the archives and more for free at InfluenceUniversity.com. Become a member. There's different levels, but the free membership does include all the archives, all the podcasts to get more tools to be able to persuade others, to be able to persuade others on command. So wishing one happy Turkey Day. This is one of the best of the best, one of the top-rated shows out there. And our offer is still available at lawsofinfluence.com, where you get the new addition to Maximum Influence for free. Pick up a little shipping and handling. We will send that out to you. Again, that's on lawsofinfluence.com. With that in mind, just remember calories don't count on Thanksgiving. At least put that in your brain. (laughs) Enjoy the best of series here on this podcast, and we'll be with you again next week. It's the holidays. You may have picked up earlier that I may or may not get a little bit grinchy this time of year. Kind of the traffic and all the commercialism of it, it gets under my skin a little bit. And so we've got a little bit of a Grinch theme. There there are rumors that Kurt is going to dub in some of the How the Grinch Stole Christmas music into the <laughs> So You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. That didn't stop him from finding an extremely geeky article. He told me the name of the journal of this article, which is Five Polite Ways to Disarm Rude People. But when he told me the name of the journal, I pretty much fell asleep before he was done saying it. So, Kurt, cue the article. See if you can put our audience to sleep with the journal name. But the article, I think it's pretty good. It's very, very relevant. Yeah, well, the journal, and I'm sure everyone's heard of it, is the Biomed Research International, (laughs) is the journal, which everyone should be reading. And, you know, five polite ways to disarm rude people, which we need probably not only as persuaders and influencers, as we go to family gatherings, as we try to shop at the malls, you're going to meet rude people, right? And a lot of times rudeness, they say, goes under the radar. A lot of times rudeness can be contagious, Oh, they defied ruinous as anything from spreading rumors, malicious emails, not giving praise to subordinates. So in the workplace, they were really looking at rudeness and what it does. And it was interesting, they said the key word to breaking this vicious cycle of rudeness, because they're rude, you're rude, that gets just increases, is equanimity. How's that for word of the day? <laughs> That's the word of the day. Do you know what that means? Well, let me tell you. It, uh-huh. It's how it stops the rudeness from snowballing. It's defined as mental calmness, composure, evenness of temper. Especially when someone's rude to you. Because you want to be rude back. That's that reciprocity thing. Oh, wait a minute. You cut me off. Wait a minute. You've done this. Wait a minute. You said that. 
So it's out there, especially this time of year, and our Grinch special today. How do you deal with the Grinch? How do you deal with that coworker? How do you deal with the ornery customer, the mean prospect, any of those? So those are some things to look at. The first thing they talked about is that word of the day, equanimity, right? One of those tougher words to say. Basically, they say you've got to take a step back, take a few breaths, and realize, okay, is this going to be worth it? Where's this going to take me? If we both get upset and angry and I'm rude back, because it's just going to accelerate. We see it all the time with road rage and shopping and Black Friday and mean prospects and lame coworkers. So that's the first thing. It's rarely going to be worth it. Sometimes it's fun, but it's going to escalate and it's going to really hurt your ability to persuade and influence. The next one they talk about is to sive up the grievances. Is it a waste of emotional energy to let this get under your skin? Or does the rudeness cross the line and need to be addressed? I mean, really. These grievances, is it going to be worth it, similar to the first? Yeah. Then they talk about, now you need to empathize with the rude person, even though you don't want to. First of all, you don't take it personally. Are they having a bad day? Did somebody do something to their Cheerios? Right? <laughs> Are you getting the reciprocation from someone else who was rude? Just, okay, what's happening? And that's the big one, I, I believe, because we don't know what's going on in their brain, what type of day they had, or what's going on with their family, or those type of things. And it's usually something that if we knew it was going on, we wouldn't be rude back. They talk about how to lead by example. So rudeness begets rudeness, and it's very contagious. So if you speak rudely to the waiter, don't be surprised what happens to your food or if they're rude back. I mean, it's just kind of how it is, or to the cashier or to coworkers. And then they say, okay, just let it roll off your back. If you can't come up with a witty joke or laugh it off, just shrug it up, walk away, and that makes a huge difference. So those are some simple things because it's true. People are rude. It's polite. The same reason that they kick their dog is the same reason they're being rude to you. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's going on. It's real. It's out there. And if this is somebody you want to influence or lead in the long term, if this is somebody you want to persuade or influence, you've got to take the high road because if you're rude back, you are shutting the doors to your ability to persuade and influence them. It's hard to come back from, isn't it? It is because it's part of your relationship, especially the first impressions. It's hard to recover from being rude, being upset, yelling at somebody and we do. Something's happened. We're having a bad day. We take it out on someone else. And when we do that, it's very difficult to influence and persuade them. One of the things that you said there from the article was understanding their, their perspective and trying to put yourself in their shoes, even though you may not want to. I have uh, breaking news on the podcast. We have to reassign a blunder from a, pri- a prior episode. Reassign? Really? Tell yeah. me more. Yeah. So... Last week, we featured as the blunder a woman at a Walmart, I think it was in Pueblo or Colorado Springs, somewhere in Colorado, that was berating a cashier, right? And there was apparently a woman in line who witnessed this and documented it and comforted this cashier after the fact whose mother or father somebody had allegedly committed suicide, and that's why they're having a tough day, yada, yada, right? So you and I absolutely filleted this woman who let the cashier have it. Since then, due to all the popularity that the story gained, it's come out that maybe, and I'm just relaying the news reports here, that maybe the woman behind made up part of the story. That, yeah, the cashier did get berated, but her comforting and the sad backstory about the suicide and everything did not actually happen. Mm. So I am officially moving the court of maximize your influence to reassign the blunder to the woman who made up the story allegedly until we have more facts on the table. 
And that's helped us with being rude. When we don't have all the facts and what's going on, we prejudge, it changes our mindset. So here's someone that's lying to get attention to figure things out. Finding out the whole story is just going to be critical for us. Yeah, so kind of sort of a tangent based on what you're talking about. But we do have to know the whole story. We have to know what, uh, the, what the person is going through. I've kind of found, and that's our theme for the show today, is we're talking about rude people. You, you deal with them. You're in persuasion. You're in sales. Because it is funny. People got these two different classes of people that they'll, they feel it's okay to be rude to. If you're in your car, it's okay to be totally rude and profane to somebody in another car. If they encroach on your lane one inch or stop too early, right, let the profanity fly. But if there's not a car and a window between the two of you, you would never do that in a million years, right? Mm -hmm. So true. (laughs) And then the second are salespeople, right? They're people, (laughs) but you can be rude to them. You can treat them like dirt because they're salespeople. So this is something that you have to get used to and you have to be able to deal with. So I've seen along this, and I want to hear what you think about this, Kurt. You've got rude people that are just jerks and they know it. And then you've got people that just don't have tact and they don't know it. They don't know that they're rude. They don't know that they're a jerk. Is there a different way to deal with those kind of people? There are those people that don't have the filters and that takes probably a little more time, a little more tact because they don't realize it. And if you tell them they're being rude, they're just going to be more rude because in their mind, they're not rude. So it is different because a lot of people, when they tend to be nice, amiable type person, they realize they're real and rude, they'll backtrack a little more. It seems like those who don't have the filters and you tell them that they're rude, they become more rude and more aggressive because in their mind they're not rude. Right. I had a prospect that I dealt with last week that was, oh, I tell you, a minute with this guy was equal to an hour with another prospect. This guy was exhausting. And when you're selling, you have your pitch you go through. And, and there's certain things that you got to say. You've got to position and control the conversation. And this guy would not let me do any of that. Uh, absolutely everything I said was questioned, right? Nothing could just be assumed or taken at face value. I said, the sky is blue. What? Hang on. Stop. We got to talk about that. <laughs> you know, is it really blue? And so this was a very, very tough conversation it took a long time to accomplish anything. I want to know what you think about this, Kurt, because I eventually came to the conclusion of, okay, this is no longer just about closing the deal. If I do close the deal, I've got to deal with this guy. Do I want to deal with this guy at all? Or if I'm willing to deal with him, we've got to have some changes <laughs> as to how our communication is going to go. I had to butt in because it's what he was doing. And, and I kind of realized he thinks that's okay. So... I'm going to make it okay on my end. And I was explaining an important point to him and he kept cutting me off. And I said, Hey, Hey, and he kept talking. I said, stop. You got to listen. I've talked about this before. It's all I really do. I know where this is going and I know what your questions are. You've got to listen. (laughs) (laughs) It was quiet for about five seconds. and, And you could tell he was one of those, he didn't realize that he was being rude to him. He just had questions. He was in a hurry. You know, I may decide to do business with the guy. That's what's funny, Kurt, is now I'm the one deciding, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Just give him a timeout. All right, you've got a timeout. Two minutes. You got put in a timeout. That's absolutely (laughs) right. And that's a great thing because you have to train people how to treat you up front. And as entrepreneurs or salespeople, whatever you do, if you're dealing with that rude, obnoxious person that you just don't want to deal with, you got to ask yourself that question. Do I want to work with this person? Is it worth the commission? 
Is it worth the aneurysm that it might bring on? And you gain control of that conversation, and now he's going to treat you a little bit different, which is important. And you got to decide, okay, is it going to be worth it? He's never going to be a perfect person to work with. He's always going to be a pain in the rear. And that's the first thing you do with a rude person. First of all, do you want to deal with this? Do you want to fire them as a customer or as a client? If they're giving you that much pain, is it worth it to you? And then realize you've got to train them how to treat you. You put, they say, no, you've got to listen. And if you refuse to listen, it was done. You weren't going to do business with them. He decided, okay, I'm going to do that. And it's great scarcity too, to where, look, I don't know if I want to do business with you. You're treating me this way. You're not listening. You're not doing that. Can put things in perspective and it's going to tell you a lot whether you want to do business with them. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a persuader. Uh, how do I say this? Tactfully demanding to be treated with respect. When you get somebody who's like that, who thinks they're just going to run right over the top of you, you're the sad, pathetic salesperson. They're going to make their demands. They're going to negotiate. They're going to get whatever they want out of this. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, saying, no, that's not how it's going to be over here. Yeah, that's not how I do business. And if that's what you want, we can do business together. And then if they say, okay, then get rid of them. Even what if you lost, right? It would have been a pain in the rear. You probably wouldn't have closed them anyway versus... They say, okay, I understand. Let's do it that way. Then you've gotten control and you've already started to persuade them. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we talked a little bit about somebody who's being rude. Maybe they're not a rude person or they're not necessarily aware that they're being rude. What about somebody who's a jerk? They know it. They're purposely being malicious. Again, first question is, do I fire them? Do I get rid of them? If they're being malicious... Hopefully the type of person, and most people, if they realize when you repeat the question back that, oh, that was kind of malicious, that was kind of mean, this is not a salesperson, this is a consultant, gain control of that conversation. And that's the big thing, too, is you, you've got to gain control of the conversation by asking some questions. Well, why do you say that? What do you mean by that? Well, what does a perfect solution look like to you? Well, why would you bring that up? And dig a little deeper. And if they're being rude and malicious and they realize, oh, yeah, that was kind of a mean thing to say. It'll change their demeanor and change the conversation. If they're the type of person that's always rude, it's not going to change much. And that's going to tell you a lot, too, to say, okay, do I want to continue with this person? How am I going to get control of the conversation? Am I going to draw the line here as far as how I'm going to be treated? Then you can decide if you want to do business with that person. So I have a family member who's actually in the real estate business, and they have to deal with somebody. They have to. And I don't want to give a bunch of details here. But it's a big company, and there's a key person in the company that they have to deal with pretty regularly, and this person is just a punk. And they do have a good amount of control over a lot of the process and in the real estate deal. They're not a supervisor, right? It's, it's a, a cog in the wheel that's extremely inefficient, likes to be a difficult jerk, and I think many times some of our listeners might have somebody like that, that they've got to deal with them and they can't get rid of them. What do you recommend in that instance, dealing with a Grinch like that, a year-round Grinch? <laughs> year-round Grinch. I think every organization, every company has those person, and you have to deal with them. There's no other options. And sometimes if you can adapt to their personality, get to know them, work on the relationship, that's going to help out quite a bit. If you can keep control of the conversation with questions, sometimes they just need something to be mad at. Give them something to be mad at that doesn't affect you. I know in a group situation, when, especially when you have that type of person, if you're giving a presentation to the group and you know there's that ornery, Grinch person in the room, you got to use your audience a little bit more. We've talked about heckling on the show. One that I found that works really well is 
because you know they're going to interrupt you. They're going to have the lame questions. Just gain control up front. Say, look, I'm going to answer 99% of your questions up front. So if you could hold your questions to the end, it works really, really well. And one thing you do to get the audience involved is say, let's take a vote here. I've got this presentation. If I take questions, it goes 60 minutes. If I don't, I'll go 30 minutes. I'm going to answer most of your questions anyway. How many vote for 30 minutes? How many vote for 60 minutes? And, of course, we all know the answer is what? Yeah, yeah. 30 minutes. And the fun thing is that ordinary person, when they raise their hand, you don't have to say anything because you've probably done this before. Do you know what the audience does? Well, I would guess they start to turn on them and they do your job <laughs> for you, right? Hey, top 30 minutes. Put your hand down. <laughs> and they turn on. So that's one way to use the people around you to control a person like that. But hopefully you can develop the relationship, you can control the conversation, and sometimes you just have to kind of put up with it or deal more with email where you're not getting those emotional outbursts or the lame things that people do. And it's much easier to deal with that type of person via email than it is over phone or face-to-face. Yeah. Anything else on dealing with grumpy people that you just don't have a choice? Uh, hire a hitman. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, did I say that? No, you don't want to do that. I'm not recommending that. Don't say you learned that on the podcast. <laughs> on the record. Kurt doesn't think you should hire a hitman. He does think if somebody doesn't buy advanced influence for you, they don't love you. That's true. So that would be the first thing. Buy them advanced influence (laughs) for Christmas. That'll help any relationship. But, I mean, look at some of the things we've talked about. The law of esteem, boosting their esteem. That can help in a situation like that. There's a time to build your relationship. There's a time to work on humor. Humor can uh, diffuse a lot of these situations. People will like you more. And then even when we talked about the dirty deeds of negotiation, those dark psychological techniques, you can look at some of our old podcasts about that. When they do that, just being aware. You know, they're ornery. They're rude. They're going to do lame sales techniques. They're going to try to back me in the corner. When you're aware of it, when you know what's going on, you're in control. You just kind of smile on the inside. You have to deal with it. It makes a big difference. It's not getting to you personally. You just smiling and realize, you know, they're just a weak and pitiful person. They have no other persuasion tools. That's all they can do. I will just deal with it. Puts it into perspective and makes a big difference. <laughs> That's true, though. It's A lot of these difficult people, really, there's just a scared kid underneath all that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scared kid, low self-esteem. It's the only tool they have. You just smile on the inside. They don't know what else to do. Uh, those techniques worked for them when they were a kid, and they just, you know, they, they just kind of see, hey, if it works, why get away from it? Yeah, they were the neighborhood bully, and they still are, and that's what they do. That's how they find their self-worth. You just smile, and all right, whatever. Yeah, all right. Well, great. Why don't we queue up the Homer? Homer, go! Don't, don't, don't! Kind of an unconventional blunder that we have. Fictional in many cases, although you probably know somebody like this for real. But it makes a very good underlying point that I think we all forget. Kurt, tell us what the blunder is. Well, the blunder going with our theme being green, the Grinch, is our blunder. The Grinch. The Grinch is our blunder, and hopefully you're going to read the story of the skin or at least watch the movie. There's the Grinch who came down to Whoville, stole all the presents, trying to destroy the Christmas cheer, got it back up to his cave, and it didn't have any effect on the people. He had tried to destroy Christmas logically but he forgot to think about Christmas emotionally. And that is one of the huge blunders we do as persuaders and influencers and salespeople is we focus on the logical side of everything, the logical side, instead of looking on the emotional side. We're persuaded emotionally. We still need the logic. We need to have a balance there. 
but we we forget that there's the emotional side to business, to life, to people being rude, to people getting angry, to people buying. And that's what the Grinch did. He just looked on the logical side, logically tried to take away Christmas and didn't realize the emotional impact, the emotions of the season. And he forgot about that. And he is our blunder of the week. Yeah, he's a, you know, kind of low hanging fruit, easy to pick on. But <laughs> yes. it's true. You know, there's an emotional reason we're wired emotionally. That's what motivates us to do things. And so we, we cement that stuff with logic. But when, when you try to use logic to create the action, that's just not going to fly. So the Grinch is our blunder. That was a pretty good blunder, Kurt. <laughs> he is our blunder. So when you see the Grinch, just realize that. And that should help every aspect of your sales and your persuasion is, no, it's a little bit of both. You've got to focus on the logic and the emotion. Excellent. Excellent. Well, everybody, we want to wish you happy holidays. And we wish you a great rest of the year. Get some rest. Have some fun. Uh, enjoy the people that you love and we will catch you next year on another episode of maximize your influence take care have a great holiday season and we'll see you next year